Hi there, this is Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. One of the other partners is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Elizabeth is with me today, and we are going to talk about 2022. It's it's over. It's the end of the year, and uh, we're looking at 2023. I thought we'd uh, look back a little bit at what happened in the past year that is of significance to the elder law community and to Fleming and Curdy, and what we might anticipate. Maybe we'll have some, I don't know, maybe we have some New Year's resolutions, although I hate New Year's resolutions because I'm always ashamed and embarrassed when I don't when I don't satisfy him. How about you, Elizabeth? Do you make resolutions? You know, I'm not a big resolution person either, Robert. And and to start with today, actually, um, you and I have both had family members who we've been very close to die in 2022. And one of the things as we look ahead to the year ahead, um, I want to talk to people about today is starting a new chapter. And for 2023, that's something that I think I'm ready to do. My grandmother, Sally, lived a very full life, and she died in May. And as I think about what I've learned in the past year and in some of the work that we've been doing, I guess there are three things that I would bring to the table today, Robert. One is how important face-to-face interactions are. We are at a time where we have been through a pandemic. Who knows what phase we are in at the moment? But I am so happy to be back in touch in person with clients and the families that we serve. It's been a reminder to me and a commitment for 2023 that I want to continue connecting with people in person. Sometimes that means a home visit. Sometimes that means a meeting with somebody in their CPA's office or our office. But that in-person stuff for me is really important. How about you? You know, we learned a lot about how easy it was to have contact with clients remotely during the pandemic. Uh, I don't know if listeners recognize that we moved into our brand spanking new, brilliant, cool, wonderful, expansive space in March of 2020 uh, in time to, to kind of lock the doors and, and not have people, not have clients come in, although we were here the whole time and, and staff was coming in. We worked on split shifts. We did all sorts of things. And like every other law firm in the country, we learned to use Zoom and go to meeting and and telephone calls in ways that we never had before. I actually had a a contested court hearing by telephone. I I could not have imagined doing that three years ago. Um, So we really have all gotten a lot better at those remote and electronic connections. But I'm with you, Elizabeth. There is no substitute for a face-to-face conversation. I like to chat with my clients and understand what's going on in their lives. Um, one of the things about the, the technological meetings, those Zoom meetings, is they tend to be much more efficient. That is, they're shorter and they focus more on just the precise thing that needs to happen, not the background. I, I often feel like I don't get a good sense of what their family dynamics are or what really animates them or makes them anxious. And I'm glad to be seeing people back in the office again. Well, Robert, another thing I want to talk about are wet signatures. And one of the things that I've been learning about um, through the past couple of years, but particularly in 2022, what can we do via DocuSign or electronic signature? And what do we still need wet signatures actually ink on paper for. And this is something that I want to continue thinking about in 2023 because in some ways it's really 
increase the efficiency of our practice when we consider things like fee agreements. And I'm not going to be looking for somebody's wet signature on a fee agreement. I'm okay taking that by DocuSign. What about things like consents or estate plans? We found that in some cases, Robert, the the use of DocuSign can really expedite the process of an estate administration or even an estate planning connection when we start with a fee agreement that might be sent by DocuSign. What are your thoughts about wet signatures as we head into 2023? I think that's going to develop fairly rapidly. There is a new national law proposed. However, it has to be adopted in each of the 50 states and all of the territories and the District of Columbia before it's really very useful that would allow people to sign trusts and powers of attorney and uh, uh, property agreements and all sorts of things electronically. We haven't adopted it in Arizona. In fact, it has not been adopted anywhere. It was just adopted by the Uniform Law Commission in a, in a process that I was actually involved in. It was very eye-opening and, and interesting. Um, so that's going to change. It hasn't changed yet, however. Arizona, as you know, Elizabeth, was the third state in the country to adopt an electronic will signing statute so that in theory at least you can sign your will. You can't sign your trust, you can't sign your powers of attorney, but you can sign your will electronically without ever going to the lawyer's office. We could in theory have a a Zoom meeting to figure out what to do, draft everything, communicate by email or telephone or Zoom, and, uh, and then have the actual signing be electronic. However, Arizona's statute is worthless. It's terrible. It's awful. It is unusable. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm making clear how I feel about it. We're just not going to see anybody doing electronic wills under Arizona's statute. So uh, for, for the time being, wet signatures are kind of the, the standard for a lot of things. You're right, though, Elizabeth, that we have turned to a a number of things being signed electronically when we're able to, like our our fee letters that we send to people. We need them to acknowledge that they received it. We don't need them to come into the office and sign in blue ink. They can sign those digitally very easily. And there are a number of internal things that we have switched over to a purely electronic environment. That's going to continue. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, of an age where I may not see all of that change before I end up retiring. Robert, I, I think the last thing that I wanted to, to bring up today as something that I'm really enthusiastic about and uh, interested in as we look ahead are the use of 529 plans and ABLE Act accounts. Um, we see very frequently conversations start in estate planning meetings Regarding 529 plans, somebody may have created a 529 plan or funded one for a grandchild, and they're trying to figure out how to incorporate that into their estate plan. We can see the benefits of these 529 plans now for secondary school expenses, so helping make contributions for the use of something like um, an expensive piece of equipment that somebody might need in high school or tuition that might be from a private, private high school or even middle school. Also, the ABLE account, which we might pause on a moment, um, is continuing to be something that we see used here in Arizona and across the country within the disability community um, for savings account for folks who have disabilities. And I think there continues to be growth in the application and conversation around the ways that these kinds of savings accounts can be used. Um, And I think that's pretty exciting. 
the big related big thing that I think is coming up in 2023 is big changes in retirement accounts. Of course, the SECURE Act from a couple of years ago made some big changes already and uh, and really made, made retirement accounts, um, I started to say less useful, but that's not really right. Useful in different ways for for your estate planning. Of course, you want to accumulate as much as you can in your own retirement account to protect your own retirement needs. But it used to be that uh, that we would say your retirement account had real power for the next generation as well. Well, a lot of that power has been removed, but not in every case. People who have children with disabilities or People who have minor children can still get a lot of, of power out of uh, out of their retirement accounts. At the same time, our clients' retirement accounts have grown a lot. Even in this year of bad market return, people's retirement accounts are growing because they're putting so much more money in than they were 10 or 15 years ago when I first started uh, talking to people a lot about their retirement accounts. A million dollar retirement account is just a completely ordinary thing today, and we had not seen those until about 10 years ago at all. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, of new ground to be to be tilled in the retirement account arena with beneficiary designations, with dealing with secure, uh, with, with uh, integrating your retirement accounts and your trust plans. There's a lot coming up in that area, and Congress is adding to the ferment by extending the the uh, minimum distribution required beginning date, um, probably to to age 74, maybe even age 75 before we know it. Well, Robert, those are exciting things to look forward to in 2023. Anything that uh, you are happy to say goodbye to in 2022? Uh, yeah, but uh, maybe we don't need to dwell on that. You mentioned the loss of family members. My mother passed away. No, nope, I'm sorry. I have resolved over my entire professional life not to use the phrase passed away, and there I just did it. My mother died in 2022. She was not quite 98. She was pretty sure she was going to make it to 100, but she had um, she had gone about five years longer than anybody in her family ever had, and, and she was pretty proud of that. Uh, she she I w- I'm happy to say she was pretty cognizant and functional up to very near the end, and in the last six months maybe she had a serious cognitive decline, but she was doing pretty darn well up until then, and she never spent time in pain in a hospital bed. So things worked out okay in that regard. But I'm I'm done with 2022 and looking forward to 2023. Me too, Robert. Let's go get it. All right. We will be back next week with another episode of Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming. I'm talking with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and we're two of the partners at Fleming & Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. We hope you'll march into 2023, race into 2023, surge into 2023 with us.